Hey, Larry here. Acts 29 today. I want to thank you for tuning in today and uh, spending some time with me on another edition. And today we're going to be Continuing on with uh, <clears throat> some more of what happened in the truck. Uh, it was a uh, it was a journey that I had. I really didn't have any idea of what was happening in the truck. <laughs> it wasn't until a few years later after all this stuff happened that I, uh, my mom, you know, gave me that book called The Walk of the Spirit, The Walk of Power by Dave Roberson. And uh, I highly suggest you get the book or you can read it free online. Go to daveroberson.org. And uh, you'll find it under the books. Uh, there's a downloadable PDF that you can uh, put on your computer and you can read it, read it for free. But uh, th that book will change your world. It'll change your eternity. And uh, it will definitely bring you into a new place in God. So I highly recommend you uh, get and read this book. But I didn't have it, you know, before. Most of the time, you know, we we read a book and then we try to implement those principles into our lives. But for me, in this case, uh, I didn't have any book. I didn't have anything. I just... Uh, I just had a thought. I wonder what would happen if I prayed in the Spirit instead of begging God in English. And then I, having nothing to lose, I, uh, I began to do that. And then, as I said before, that went on for at a high level of intensity for those two years. And then all those things happened to me. So what what actually and and by the way we all after I get through this um, stuff about what really happened in the truck now that I know what happened after that I will get back to uh, what happened in life after uh, I left that job of truck driving and all this other stuff happened. But for now, I want to I want to just really talk about some things that did happen in the truck as I was praying in the spirit all those hours. Uh, the first thing I guess I want to say is that you know to be able to to pray in tongues for edification, which Jude twenty tells us absolutely to do. 
after Jude goes through all those things about what's going to happen in the end times and all that. In Jude 20, he says, But you, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And so we are really in charge of our own edification, our own building up in the inner man. Edification is building up like a building, a magnificent building, taller and taller and taller. And so we are in charge of that through the Holy Spirit's help of giving us that supernatural language. And, you know, there's, there's four basic manifestations of the diversity of tongues. <clears throat> and I'll get into that a little later too, but but the one I'm talking about now that I that was in the I used in the truck was the diversity of tongues for edification. And I call it the revelation gift because that's that's where the revelation came from that the Holy Spirit was able to download into me. And so but to be able to do this, first of all, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or as some say, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, the experience that the disciples had in the upper room, that, that experience was separate from their rebirth. And today that's very confusing for a lot of people. Because they think, oh, well, I'm born again, so I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, the work of the Holy Spirit in our rebirth is a creative work that brings our dead spirit to life. And that is absolutely the work of the Holy Spirit. And he is absolutely, totally involved in that work in our lives. And to that point... We are full of the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus told the disciples to go to the upper room. Now, they were already born again. And <clears throat> so this was after that experience that they went to the upper room. In the upper room, he said, you shall receive power, efficiency, ability, and might after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be baptized. Uh, John spoke of Jesus and said, but I baptize in water, but one comes after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to unlatch. And he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. <clears throat> So that's the baptism we're talking about. So you can look at it like when you're born again, the glass is filled up in the rebirth. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when that glass now becomes overflowing and the water runs out of it over the top so it can get out to others in a powerful way. He came upon them in power. 
ability, efficiency, and might in the upper room. And Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem before you receive this Holy Spirit in this, in this way. So I'd just like to say, first of all, in order to be able to participate in praying in the Spirit in tongues, uh, in this one diversity of tongues for edification, to build yourself up, uh, you must first have received this gift of the Holy Spirit, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the gift of tongues. That's, uh, that's a given. Because without, you know, receiving this experience, uh, there's no way you can pray in the Spirit. And I know this is a hugely controversial thing, and there's, you know, there's all kinds of arguments, and there's all kinds of uh, examples of you know, craziness and, and stuff that's associated with the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, you know, out of control stuff and weird stuff and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, hey, there's people that drive crazy on the road every day, do crazy things and people get killed because of their craziness, their crazy driving. But we still go out and drive on the roads every day because there's a way to do it right. And so we do it right. And that doesn't negate the people that are doing it wrong. It just means that's the way it is, but, but we're going to do it right. So this, this whole controversy in the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just simply... It's in the Word. Jesus commanded his disciples not to leave Jerusalem without this power of the Holy Spirit, which he said he would send after he left. And so they went to the upper room, and they received that power. Now, without that power, they wouldn't have done anything. There wouldn't have been any miracles. There wouldn't have been anything, there wouldn't have been a book of Acts. Because the book of Acts is the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. They became apostles. Sent ones with a message. But they couldn't deliver the message without the power. When Jesus came, he did no miracles before the Holy Spirit came upon him when he received that baptism of John. After the Holy Spirit came upon him, it was only after that that he did any miracles. Because without that Holy Spirit coming into his life as a man, there would have been no miracles. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. The Holy Spirit is God. 
and he manifests himself in power. He is the power of God. He's the engine in your car. He's the jet engines on the airplane. He's the sails on the sailing ship. He's the, he's the wind in the sails. He is the power of God to work in our lives. And so it's very plain and simple in the word that we are to be filled to overflowing, to be baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit so that he can overflow out through us. And so, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy and a lot of arguments and and I've seen the changes in people's lives that have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and received the gift of tongues as opposed to those who have, especially those that have gone many years without this experience. It changes their whole life incredibly with that power. So I just wanted to say that because without th that experience, uh, people cannot go on to experience this work of the Holy Spirit through praying in tongues. But with that, I'll just uh, I'll just get into the first part of this this week because with this prayer language, the Holy Spirit gets involved with us in a in a relationship that's just him and us and he works with us in a way that's that's even independent of our own mind and when he prays for us he's taking the plan that he heard the father say and he pours it through our spirits and the language he uses to express that plan as it flows through us is the supernatural language of tongues now i'm just taking this this section out of the book because he explains it so well and he goes on and says every time you give the holy spirit opportunity he would use that language to pray for your calling, to pray out the plan of God, to edify you, and to change you with his holy power. He will lend himself to you as your faith allows him to be activated within your spirit. He will pull you out of everything Jesus set you free from and into everything that Jesus says you are in him. This is more than we could hope for. This is exactly what we need. We need to be pulled out of everything that Jesus has set us free from, and we need to be brought into everything that Jesus says we are in him, who we are in Christ. God's plan for you is in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in you. 
The Holy Spirit is armed with the knowledge of everything he heard about God's redemption plan for you before the foundation of the earth. And every time he searches your heart, he does it with the intention to pray that plan, the mind of God concerning you, into existence in your life. Wow. This stuff, you know, I, when I got a hold of that book and I began to read the book, I, all of a sudden I saw everything that had happened to me in the truck. You know, like I said before, usually people read books and then they do what's in the book. I did this and then I read the book that told me all about it because I didn't know what happened. But when I read the book, then I saw the whole thing. It all became so clear. This book explained everything that had happened to me in that truck. And so then I had understanding. I had understanding of what had happened to me. And I was so amazed, so amazed to find out this stuff. And it was, and it was so amazing to me so, because I had, I had been desperately searching and seeking for God's plan in my life. And, you know, what was his plan? What was I supposed to be? What was my place in the body? What was I supposed to be doing? Because I was no, I just couldn't sit in a pew on Sunday mornings and look at the back of somebody's head for the rest of my life. You know, that, that just, to me, there had to be more. And it's the more that drives us on to find out the more. You know, people get so satisfied and so stuck in these places. And they, you know, they say a grave is just a rut, you know, with both ends kicked out the wagon trains that went out west, they went on the same path for so long that there was these deep ruts in the ground. And so once the wagon wheels were in these ruts, they didn't even have to guide the horses anymore. The horses just pulled the wagon and it would stay in those ruts and follow that trail for days on end. and. They could sit in the back of the wagon and have coffee. So people get in ruts, you know. They do the same things over and over and over and over and over for so long that they, they keep digging down into this rut, into this rut. And it just keeps getting harder and harder and harder to get out of. So, you know, don't be satisfied where you are. No matter where that is because there's always more in God. There's always more. So I'm gonna leave it there this week. And uh, next week, we'll get back and we'll continue on, find out what happened next. This is Larry Axe 29 today. 
Check out the blog, same address, acts29today.com. God bless. See you later.